Welcome to the Stewardship Matters podcast of William F. Robertson and Associates, where we explore where your faith and your finances intersect. As financial planners, we understand the importance of money. As Christians, we believe God has more for us. Please join your host, Richard Truitt, as we continue on this journey together. Hi, it's Richard Truitt uh, here with Bill Robertson again. We thought we would do, on this episode, we would spend some time going through what my personal experience has been with Sabbath economics and maybe give a little more guidance or clarity to, to what we're trying to do here and how it can impact you and uh, give you more, uh, more information to see if it's something that would be worthwhile to you. Um, so I'm gonna. I'm here with Bill Robertson. I think I've already said that, and I'm gonna uh, just kind of start talking, and hopefully Bill will. Um, every time I say something confusing, you'll you'll correct me. But um, I guess we first heard about Sabbath economics, which is what we're talking about. Uh, what two years ago, almost? We Probably. Got it's been that long, yes. Uh huh. And, and Mike Little of Faith the Money is the one who who sent that to us, and I guess the first time I saw it, you know, I thought this is good, but I didn't really did knock my socks off. And then I think you watched it and you said you need to look at it again, and I did, and that's when we started on started on this journey, and it's really been a journey that we've kind of done together. Both have very different paths but I think that's important that we've been able to to interact with each other on on uh, on the various aspects of it and, and to see where we're off base and, and I guess our thinking has really changed from or at least I know mine has from where we, before we first started but um, it just is a as a Recap or an overview. Remember that Sabbath economics was developed by Chet Myers out of the Bartimaeus Cooperative Institute in California, and he based a lot of his teachings on uh, the Sabbath economics on the story of the manna in, in Exodus with the, the children of Israel wandering in the desert, and uh, the Sabbath economics stresses that, that God is a God of enough; that there's enough for everybody. Um, and the reason for scarcity is not God, but it's 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 how we treat what God has given us, and it's, it's, it's kind of a hard thing to to really work through. And I guess what Chad developed the seven covenants, which were thing that did attract me to Sabbath economics, and and those covenants. Uh, Kind of break it down and make it easier to digest his his teachings. And we've talked about, you know, do you do one covenant at a time, or you do all you seven at one time, or or whatever. And where we really have found is is you do concentrate on one. I'll just run through the seven covenants real fast. Uh, there's surplus capital, which is how you invest. There's negative capital, which means how much debt you have. Giving. God's creation, consumption, solidarity, which is spending uh, deliberate time with people who are outside of your economic class, and we'll talk some more about that, and then work in Sabbath. Uh, but what we have found is is it's 
to do all seven at once is is kind of overwhelming. But to to concentrate on one, but think about the other <clears throat> six and how it relates, uh, I think that's what's brought this whole thing alive to me. Um, and uh, I think that's probably the right way to, to study the Bible and to study God. And we don't do that as humans. We, we tend to zero in on one verse and, and not see the big picture. I know you're always talking about the, the meta story, Bill. The, right. The, the overriding meta story that of, of God releasing us from bondage, which is part of the, obviously the Israelites leaving Pharaoh's Egypt uh, in bondage and, and keep wanting to since go back into bondage. But God has something you know better for us. But uh, one of the things that I wanted to emphasize is that, that this program is not intended to tell anybody which way they should go or the way they should act or the, what the answer is. Uh, I'm not that smart. Uh, and everybody's got a different path. I'm convinced of that. And, and the most that we can do for each other is, is at times point out the way for whoever you're talking to for their for their walk. And so the what we're trying to do with this stewardship coaching is uh, help people figure out where with their values, what God has laid on their heart, where God wants them to go. Hmm. And we've I know Bill, you said a lot about how we've always done our planning with as a world does it you want to expand on that do you yeah <clears throat> well to follow up kind of what you're talking about when you talked about the covenants and when we originally looked at them there was that idea that we would kind of work on one but what you find out is that following your example and kind of your guidance and looking at these different areas of our life kind of came to our attention when we met with a pastor that it's almost kind of looking into the heart. In other words, these things are really heart issues. And what happened uh, with me uh, and with you when we made this commitment uh, kind of to present our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to the Lord, it was kind of a willingness to open up in these areas and ask God to lead us and guide us to show us what the condition of our heart was in relation to these covenants. And as we began to do that, we began to see that they are interrelated in so many ways uh, that you begin to see that if you touch one area, then it automatically touches the other area. And I think the thing about it is, is what I've watched in your life is not only has it been thinking about it and praying about it, but it's the implementation of it. Now, I've done some things, but I think you really uh, took it and in serious ways uh, have uh, attempted to look into your heart and to begin to change your behavior and to find out what happens when you do change your behavior. So it's a very dynamic process. I think it turned out to be a little different from what we had envisioned. Definitely. But it's almost like 
if you're willing to do this and God sees that you're willing to look at your life in this way, I mean, it's kind of threatening uh, when you really think about it. But God guides the process. Uh, yeah, so you need the commitment, right? But yeah. as far as the physical effort, we all do not need <laughs> one more thing to do. Right. It, it hasn't been an effort along those lines. This right. Week. But, but you do need to be committed to the process. Yes. And I think in the commitment, what happens, your experience has been very different than my experience. And what has come to me is different than what has come to you. So that's when we say this is not something that's going to be the same for everyone. But it's a process that allows each people to find how they should travel their journey and where they are and at a particular time. Right. And I know as I've watched you, uh, and you've done done these, you've done them a lot more uh, faithfully than I have in a lot of areas. I know in the area when you were talking uh, about the how to invest and where to put money and where to put surplus money, you've actually done these things. And uh, as some of these other areas, like the solidarity, I know you've got a magnificent story there. That's the one that really stuck out to me personally, right. solidarity. I think God's creation may have s- s- stuck out or... To you, but for me, the solidarity I, I felt like was a real uh, weakness. Or I hadn't really, you know, outside of my own little little bubble right. of people I dealt with and went to church with or worked with, they're all the same. And and so I'm mean, I'm in a real unusual situation. But I have rented an apartment. I now live in. In Como, and uh, I mean, it was absolutely the right economic decision to make. But I would have never considered it uh, without about this teaching. It's been just almost unreal the things that I'm beginning to, to see and learn, and uh, mm-hmm. about how people who I normally never dealt with and never associated with, and so. Uh, it's given me a whole new. We talk about the interconnectedness. It's given me a whole new way for instance like consumption a dollar is so precious to the people who live around me that it's it's affected my consumption and it's affected it's it's affected how much you know debt still i still have debt and how to how that has constrained me from being able to to uh to um help or be associated with 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 people and also you know, my giving is more directed now towards uh, helping the poor as opposed to, I don't know, helping the environment or helping evangelize. Those are all great, important things, but this is something that's been laid on my heart. Yeah. It's also with the, uh, the, the, what's it called, the surplus, <laughs> the, yeah, where you put your, your surplus money as, as really it's really impacted me. So I try to put it more to where it's available for, and we can talk about all those things we have talked about as far as uh, the biblical responsible investing, but also for your emergency savings with CDs with low, that are in uh, low income neighborhoods. And as uh, when you fund those banks, they can turn around and, and, and lend out more money to uh, people who normally are shut out from, yeah. the financial system yeah. well and 
the thing that I've observed in your life, and I mean, I've we've been together for quite a few years, but I've seen a incredible uh, transformation in uh, your attitudes, uh, the re- the way that you relate to people, your sensitivity, uh, the amount. Uh, the, of importance that you place on money and those types of things. And so it's not always clearly perceptible what is happening, and the changes take place kind of in a gradual way. But once again, they change in an interrelated way, in an amazing way, how, like you said, being concerned about the underprivileged uh, affects the way you give and your approach uh, to giving. It affects the way that you use uh, your surplus. Uh, in reality, it begins a process of like spiritual transformation. That's what people talk about, spiritual transformation. And uh, I know when we were doing this, I kind of talked to you about, you know, a lot of times I live in my head and, you know, I yeah. think a lot, a lot. But in these feeble attempts that I've tried in the implementation of things, I can begin to see that when you begin to do some of these things and become involved in some of these things, the ideas that you have in your head are kind of clarified and, and they're, they're made uh, more clear and they take on kind of an emotional tone. They're not just intellectual. Yeah, you want to say. Yeah, they're matters of the heart and so what happens is is that gradually kind of a vision uh, begins to form, you know, of what it is God wants you to do. And as that vision forms and you begin to faithfully kind of implement it, uh, then there is kind of the will to want to continue and to do something and to really make the vision become a reality. And then you continue to look for ways of doing that. I know that's what you have done and so it's an unusual path to start and at times it seems overwhelming but God's faithfulness as little acts of obedience happen then not only does he begin to organize your life around your heart's intent but he begins to show you things that you didn't know before and I've seen that in your life I feel yeah I feel it's different. I can't, I don't know how to say it, and I know that I'm a long, long way from, from where I should be, I guess, but, um, or I'm exactly where I, maybe I feel comfortable where I am right now. Yeah, and, that, and that's, that's a good place to be. That's, that's, that's new to me. And yeah. so, um, uh, it has been a, an interesting journey, and it's just, uh, the first steps, but it's been, uh, you know, one of the things that, that, that's very important as community, and I've been very thankful that that you have been here, Bill, to to, to walk along with me. And again, you you grow your tomato plants. I'm going to live in the, yeah. in, the in the in my little apartment. And um, uh, but uh, it's it's been a fascinating journey, and I'm I'm so thankful to to Mike Lill and Chad Myers for for bringing us along that and uh, anybody who's listening, we would love to to discuss it and bring it. Uh, more t- to you and we've got the website or we've got a lot of the material on our website wfrplanning.com we have a individual course now you know just to, to walk you through the process and you know a big part of it is uh, this starts off with the money autobiography and I, I think that one of the reasons it's 
help both of us is that we had done some of the preparatory work and, and knew what value not not totally but knew some of the values that had that had had ingrained or tainted the way we looked at the world and and this process has has opened both of our eyes at least my eyes to, to some of the things that you know I, I was wrong um, you know and and, and I had like, you know, I had no idea the extent of my racism and and this is all well, it's a process of self-discovery, and that is yes. you have helped guide me. What we found out is is that we have a lot of hidden idols, and we have a lot of addictions that we don't like to use the term, and we're supposed to be uh, godly, matured people. You saw how I was dancing around that word. I didn't want to say addiction. But yes. Yeah, but no, you really begin to find that thing. You find out that uh, there's things in your life that you lean upon, you depend upon, uh, that really, in a sense, take the place of God. And no matter how well you're trying to do the walk, you have these areas, you know, that that's this, uh, uh, Calvin said that our hearts are manufacture idols, yeah. you know, and that, I've begun to find that. And it's not a pleasant thing, uh, but as you begin to uncover those addiction and idols, then you begin to find out that you know, the God that you've been worshiping may not have been the God that God meant you to worship. And that that's a pretty profound thing. It's a hard thing to realize, but it really begins to transform your life. And so it's been a very valuable process. At uh, times I wish I hadn't started. <laughs> but nonetheless, I, I think that it's something that um, uh, has the capacity to create community and to transform lives. Yes, that's it. it's true freedom. Whereas uh, I don't really like that phrase, financial freedom. But uh, right. if you're worshiping idols, if you're following after idols, you're still in bondage and and uh, not totally clear on all that. But I know that's a fact. But again, uh, we are here, and we would we would love to hear from you, and and uh, we are finalizing also a small group course that to for like churches for if, if anybody is interested uh, we've also have a book in process that's a long way from being done but, but that's being done and uh, we we do appreciate everybody who's listening and and look forward to, to talking to you next time. Thank you for listening to another Stewardship Matters podcast of William F. Robertson and Associates. To pursue this discussion further, please look to the resources on our website, www.wfrplanning.com. Our contact information can be found on the website, and we would love to hear from you. Securities offered through Genios Wealth Management Incorporated, member of FINRA and SIPC. Advisory service offered through Genios Wealth Management Incorporated. Incorporated.